Welcome back to our addicts. Make sure to click like and subscribe for more amazing content. If you haven't already grabbed your tickets to the FX Summit 2022 conference, make sure to grab them in the link below. Grab your tickets before they sell out. See you there. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Expert Trader podcast series. We have a very special guest in the house today, Mr. Derek Vandelinder. Yes, sir. There we go. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, brother. So for the traders at home that don't know who you are, you want to give a brief intro on you and uh, kind of a little bit of a background on who you are? Absolutely. So uh, I have been trading for seven years now, six, seven years. I kind of was known back in the day for being like a really, really, really good scalper. I mean, if you look at my old FX books, I've won, you know, hundreds and hundreds of trades in a row without losing a single one. So that kind of is what kicked me off in the beginning of trading. Got really good. And then I kind of fell off a little while because honestly, I was doing well on my own and, and whole course thing. That wasn't what I was passionate about. I wasn't passionate about teaching people especially back then, because trading is such a thing that you really have to be so determined to be good, to be a good trader. And there's so many different variables and the variables to be a good trader are within yourself. And that's why you see the people that are doing it is because they just were so determined to it. But so, you know, I fell off for a couple of years and kind of just did my own thing. And then the last couple of years just really, really feel like I'm ready to help this industry grow. So that's why I'm back in action and, and ready to really make things happen this year. Welcome back. <laughs> it's nice to have you back. <laughs> Let's jump right into uh, that timeline. When you said that uh, you kind of had, you were, there was a certain period of time where you became really successful and you were winning a lot of trades in a row and scalping. How many years into your journey would you say that was? It was a year in when like right at a year is when I was like, I was making $2,500 a night. And that was my goal. $2,500 a night. I would scout 20, 25 pips a, a day using like six, seven standards. And that was my every night. That's all I did 24 seven, just look at the charts. And when the time frame hit, that's when I did it. So that is when I started. What were you uh, trading so back then? GG, uh, GBP, JPY. That was the only pair I traded. The only, the only pair you, you were touching? Yes, only pair. And it was during Brexit. So market was moving like crazy. It was fun. And I'd get in there six, seven standards and catch 10 pips at a time. And boom, easy. Like it was, it was crazy. It was so fun. Okay. Um, so that, that's, that's where I started right there. So when I, I kind of want to get into, cause this podcast is for a lot of folks that are probably on that journey. So let's talk mm -hmm. about before you found that, that little bit of consistency. Cause I know that you said you fell off after you were kind of focusing on, on your own trading and what you were doing, but in those first two years, what got you to the point where you actually started to have that success? Can you walk us through the ups and downs uh, of how that journey went? Absolutely. So when I first started off, like it was like everyone else, you know, you put money in, you think you're going to get rich off trading because that's what they tell you it's going to happen back in the day, you know? And so my uncle was actually, he's a, he's a stock trader. And so he knew better than to get me into the industry. He didn't want, want me in the industry because he knows like the re you have to be relentless to be able to do it. And it's like just a lot of ups and downs and and so much emotional trauma <laughs> involved. But did he work for, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Did he work for a company or like a trading firm or did was he trading for himself? Uh, the no, he was actually, he was Navy. So he saved up a bunch of money when he got out of the Navy. It took time to do it himself. Okay. So that motivated me. I mean, he's well off. Uh, 
and he wasn't doing anything except trading. So, I mean, obviously that was my goal. Like, I don't, I don't want to work for anyone, you know, I, I'm not somebody that's going to take orders from somebody. It's just not who I am. So I saw that and that's what I wanted to do right there. Okay. So the big motivation for you was that you just didn't want to work full time. I just didn't want to work for anyone else. Like I was working, I was working full time and oh my gosh, can you excuse me one second? Yeah, yeah, my daughter's bouncing on the door. One sec, sorry, brother. <clears throat> I'm sorry, dude. I could not focus. My uh, my daughter's sitting there pounding on the door. No, that's fine. No worries. Uh, we were talking about the first two years of your trading. We were talking okay, about okay. some of the ups and downs. And uh, if you could describe some of those ups and downs, like did you just fund your first account and it was all uphill? Was it a bunch of blown accounts and then you found yourself? How did that go in the beginning? So honestly, I'm one of the crazy people that can do demo and like take it seriously. And I'm a very competitive person. So I would start a demo account and see how well I could do like 100% how I would want to trade normally. So I did a demo account for probably, I mean, this is after blowing a couple of accounts, like from the get go, I did a demo account for probably six months before I went live, blew a couple more accounts. And then after that, I figured out some things in the market and from there on out, it got crazy. I started an account with $250 and this is the crazy part. <laughs> it was money. Like I didn't have money back then at all. I was, I was building scaffold and oh, it was, it was a difficult time in my life, but I took $250 and was winning all these trades, uh, brought it up to like five, six grand. I'm on a, a webinar with one of my students at the time, uh, Robert Nolan. And this is during Brexit. Like I said, it was the craziest thing. So I'm in uh, one of my trades called shark and I'm in a shark from the very bottom. I didn't even know news was going on. <laughs> And all of a sudden I'm in this trade market just rises like 400 pips and I'm in at like 12 standards. So I make like 40 grand that day. I'm on the, the webinar and stuff and I'm sitting there like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. You know, they're all like, dude, what just happened? <laughs> it was, it was the craziest thing, but that is honestly right there. What started me off to like, oh, okay. Now you have some, a little bit of money to play with. And from there on out, like I took that. 250 grand or 250 dollars and i turned it into like 120 and then ended up losing 40 grand you know but that all in that, that that was a huge learning experience for me to build all that money and then lose it like that that big loss and i've taken like probably four or five big losses like not 40 grand that was the biggest ever loss but i've taken some like 15 20 grand losses and Every time it's just been like a huge learning experience. When you say you lost the first 40, did like, did you lose it? Did you, did you end up closing that trade when you hit the 40 K? Yes. Eight? Okay. So then yes, you ended yes. up like just using that capital and you grew it and then you ended up taking some bigger losses. Absolutely. So yeah, no, I, I grew that. Like I wish I, I was on JFX, so I don't even have the, the FX book anymore, but I grew that to like 120 some thousand. I lost 40 grand. Then I freaking bought a brand or a new used BMW. And that was like 30 grand. So I ended up having like 40 grand left over, something like that. But what I did do is like I, I managed that money. And that is honestly what started me off to get to me the point that I am right now. Okay, there, there you go. Up until that point, had you had, could you, could you share what your biggest win was up until that point? Like how big of a jump was that 40K? Was it like a huge jump from what you were it was huge yeah. i mean i was having like five six thousand dollar days every once in a while if i wanted to put in the work to let like be on the charts 24 7 but after 
like at first I was just making my goal was twenty five hundred dollars a day because that, that that you learn like okay twenty five hundred dollars a day that's a million a year that was my goal so that was my goal twenty five hundred dollars and some days I'd make freaking five six grand whatever that that was probably my my biggest six seven grand was my biggest day before that wow a huge jump okay so yes. what did you learn from that experience what did you learn from kind of reaching those heights and then coming back down so it was just such a eye-opening experience because like i said i was broke i was broke i'm in you know i didn't feel broke back then when i had five six grand you know but it's still broke you know so after i made that i was like cloud nine like 40 grand like shoot i don't have to worry like my goal was like four grand a month before that you know before i started getting good at trading like just Lord, please give me a, a thousand bucks a week and I'll be happy. And so obviously like I'm ecstatic having even five, six grand. But after that, I don't know what it did, but it just changed my whole mindset. I started a course after that. So that money started coming in and it was in, in anyone knows like if you're trading and you have another income on the side, like it just helps with your psychology. So everything just added up right there and, and honestly just took off from that, man. And that's kind of the history with that. Okay. When you took some time off and to focus on yourself, was there a specific reason or was it just time for you to kind of stop pouring into so many other people and kind of take a step away? Absolutely. Like I had to pour into myself. Uh, the, the, the whole thing was, is that like that time I took to like read books, focus on my mindset and focus on to like where I wanted to be in five years. And so that's what I did those two or three years is just focus on myself. And I grew so much. And I, I do, I recommend that to people that are putting so much effort into like following these people on social media that have everything in the world. Like it's a distraction and it, and it can mess up your trading. I think like if you're watching somebody like make 10 grand and you don't even have a hundred dollars to your name. I mean, that's just going to mess with your head. You're going to feel like that's where you're supposed to be. So that's a perfect place to dive into, honestly, because we can go back and, and touch on some of the lessons during that three-year period. But really, uh -huh. what do you feel like? Um, I, I, I think you're talking about social media. So what do you feel like social media is doing to traders and how are, how is that uh, influencing their decision-making you think? So it depends on what type of person you are. If you are somebody that's, like feels like you need to be at the top then and, and you're not doing a trading yet like i feel like you need to just step away and like just focus on yourself but if you're just taking the knowledge from what these people are sharing and trying to grow and understand that this is like a, a crazy journey where there's going to be major ups and downs then that's where it's like okay you just have to take it how it is though like that's that's where i'm at with it so um so you would say kind of like when you when you took a step away did you also take a step away from social media or were you still kind of on social media but just taking a step away from being public with your trading uh i took a step away from social media for a little bit i didn't take it for the full three years but for probably a good year i stepped away and then I, I stepped away from like showing my stuff on instagram and, and stuff like that like you're just saying uh but other than that, I, I was just really focused on myself. So how would you describe yourself as a trader now? Not, like a scalper, high risk, low risk? How would you describe yourself? So I honestly just trade like the trades that make sense. It could be on the five minute chart. It could be on the four hour chart. It could be on the eight hour chart. If it makes sense to me, 
then I'm going to take that trade. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that I think that I'm better at anyone else that I know is I use the tools like, you know, some people are against indicators and stuff. But for me, like Bollinger Bands. Bollinger Bands have helped my trading so much just because I can look at the patterns that the Bollinger Bands have and I can know what the market's going to do. So that's one thing that I really took into account. Even when I first started trading, like, I don't even know how it happened, but I put three Bollinger Bands on my chart. And I'm like, I started noticing patterns in the chart, in the market of what would happen, reactions that would happen with the Bollinger Band. So that that's like one of the things that like, you just got to do what works for you. And people will look at my chart and they'll be like, what, the, what is that? You know? Did you start off with like a price action strategy and then add the indicators after? Or did you like kind of get into the indicators first and then you just built your understanding around those. So what happened was, is I watched the Steve Morrow co course or whatever, the market maker course, and he teaches all this different stuff. And I was noticing when he was teaching, he used the TDI and noticed that he was teaching like other things in the market were working out that he wasn't even explaining, like the shark thing. Like he wasn't even explaining anything about that. But if you look back at charts and the trade that I, I teach, one of them, the, the shark fin works out like crazy amount of times. You just, especially if you use in confluence with your trading. Like, so I started doing that and I was scalping shark fins on the one minute chart. And this is another thing. Like I scalped the one minute for the first five years I was trading. That's all I did. Damn. Just scalped the one minute. I didn't even start uh, swing trading or anything like that until probably two, two years ago. So what time frames are you playing on now? Just so folks can get an idea of the difference. So my favorite time frame to say, or I say would be the four hour time. Like I love taking four hour uh, trades. Okay. But like I said, I'll take any trade that I see that makes sense. Okay. But you were, you were on the one minute for the first five years. First five years. Do you feel like that set you in a different direction? You could have gotten somewhere faster? Or do you feel like because you spent so much time there, it taught you a lot about market structure and candlesticks and things. Absolutely. So the one minute, and I'll recommend this to anyone that's starting off, go on the one minute first, because the reason is you can see the patterns happen in the, in the market over and over and over again. And they all happen the same one every time. So me looking at the, the one minute for five years gave me that much opportunity to see the market happen over and over and all these patterns happen over and over again. So that's why I think that I can look at a chart and be like, oh, no, market's going that way. Just based on like how many times it's been ingrained in my head. How important do you feel like that intuition? Because um, like, you know, you're building, you're building your experience. How important do you feel like that experience is for traders? Do you feel like that you can just take the end result that all the stuff that you know, give it to, to give it to a beginner and it would work for them? Or do you feel like that experience is the make or break because you kind of have to see it enough times, you know, to recognize so, it. Experience, I think, is such like a huge thing in trading because there's so many different things you have to experience. Like every little thing is a learning experience. So I think experience is like a huge thing, a huge thing in trading. You have to have experience. I mean, there's going to be people like that can come on and just are naturally good at it, you know, but still they're going to have to experience different things before they really take off. So, you know, just like anything, experience is going to play a huge part. Um, I, in your course, a huge theme that I just kept seeing was your focus on risk management. So to a beginner trader that's listening or to someone who's just like kind of struggling where they're at, what lessons have you learned about risk management through the, all the years that you've been trading that you could kind of give to them? So that was the issue is 
when I first started trading, when I was trading in one minute, like my risk management wasn't great, but I was winning all these trades. Like I was winning tons and tons of trades in a row. I'd sometimes win hundreds of trades in a row, but then I'd have that one trade where it's the wrong trade and I'd end up losing a third of what I just built for all that time. So, and I did that and I, I never learned my lesson until probably four years ago, three, four years ago where, yeah, I can see the winners, but I would hold on to that loser and I would be risking too much most of the time. Once I get to a certain point, I, I don't risk as much, but to build that small account, I was risking, you know, shoot, 40, 50% of my account on just one trade. So when I realized like, Hey, I want to do this forever. I want to be in this game. I want to, and especially when you start trading six figure accounts and stuff like that, it's like, how much money do you really need? Like 2% of what 500 K is what five, 10 grand, 10 grand a, a, a day. Like who can't live off 10 grand a day. Right. So, I mean, it just comes down to like, yeah, you're going to have to get that starting capital. And, and that's the good thing about all these, these prop firms that are coming up is like, dude, we didn't have that. At least we didn't know about it. You know right. what I would have done if I had 200K to try, trade with back in the day? Like, right? geez, lucky. So, you know, just use smart risk management on 200K. There you go. Even if it's 1%, I mean, that's uh, $1,000 a day. So that's so, the way I look at it. That's a hot topic for today, which is these prop firms. Because I think a lot of folks, like, uh, I think I, you can speak to this too, which is you, we have to put in a lot of our own money that we have to work for at the beginning, just to lose and learn how to trade. Exactly. Um, I think a lot of folks are trying to avoid putting in their own money into a live account and losing that mm -hmm. instead of paying for the challenge. What do you think uh, this prop culture is doing to traders? And do you think it's actually helping people or setting people back? So it's something that like, it, it's such a, a topic like that. I think that people just honestly need to try to focus on a demo account, try to focus on a demo account and here's the biggest thing is that people, it's not taught enough to like use trading journals and, and stuff like that. I think that stuff needs to be like, they, people need to start holding themselves more accountable when they're trading. This is what I'm going to do. They need like a step-by-step. -step. This is what I'm going to do. And when they start doing that, it's like holding themselves accountable. And if you get like a little trading journal that tells you like, Hey, this is, this is why I'm in this trade. Uh, X plus X equals, you know, Y, whatever. Uh, this is why I'm taking this trade. And then they can mark off like, oh, this trade lost. But that's the thing. That's another thing that I like to preach is that for when I lose a trade, like there's always a reason that I'm either ignoring that the, why the trade lost or uh, just there's, there's always a reason for the loss. And it could be some reason on one of the higher time frames, but there's always a reason. So just take that and figure out why you lost that trade and then apply it to when you go forward. But going again with the prop, prop rooms, uh, I would have used it. And I would have used it after my demo account. I think I, I obviously like, I didn't have the uh, knowledge or experience that I had now, but I'm sure I would have bought probably five or six challenges <laughs> just because the potential of being able to trade like 200K or, or whatever is, much more rewarding than putting in five grand of your own money and then being like, okay, you know, to try to hold the, the proper risk management on a 5k account and, and make a ton of money is a lot harder, you know? So I like the prop firm idea. Uh, 
I think it can really help people out. But I also like the, like, I learned a lot by blowing accounts. So I think it just goes both ways. Try whatever you feel more comfortable with. Right. That's, that's usually what it comes back to. It's whatever works for, yeah. for folks individually. There's also another culture going around, which is they see folks making a lot of quick money um, mm-hmm. using higher lot sizes or, or maybe what they might consider over leveraging. Maybe to the person posting it, it might just be a regular day and it might not be that much over leveraging. But to them, they see these numbers and they feel like that's the way to trade. From your experience, how have you felt trading high leverage versus trading consistently with proper leverage? So I've been bit before hard. Like I said, when I lost that 40K, I was way over leveraged, probably like 40 lots in and on GJ, you know, when it was during Brexit. So what I recommend is not over leveraged. Like I have a set amount, like if I'm trading an account that's under an X amount, then to build that, like usually I won't care. Like, all right, I'm going to lose this money if, if I lose. But once you get to that certain point where you have enough in your account where you can just risk X and still make a lot of money, then that's going to set you apart and that's going to just keep you being able to do it forever. Because at some point, some point, someone's going to be over leveraging and yes, the trade's going to go against them and it's going to be a runner and it's going to screw them. So that's my, my input on that. Like there will eventually be that time that bites you. I got an unconventional question for you. Is there ever a time where you see a trade that's so attractive that it's, I don't want to say it's okay to over leverage, but that you over leverage. So I have a rule, like normally like I'll risk like anywhere from two to 4% per trade. If it is one of those trades, that's just perfect. I'll risk six to 8% for like a 30% gain, you know, something like that. I don't have a problem with doing that at all. Like still, if I lose 8%, whatever, you know, that's a risk I'm willing to take to make a lot of money. That that's where I'm at at that. Like, I don't think that like, I'd never just be like, all right, I'm going to risk 40% of my account for this one trade, because I mean, the pattern could always not work out. Okay. So that's, that's how I feel on that. No, I appreciate the honesty. A lot of like, a lot of the times we use proper risk and we gauge proper risk and we try to teach proper risk, but every once in a while, you know, we see an opportunity and even we break our rules, but then there's lessons that come with those, which is why I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out if there's any lessons that you took away from like, look, I've been burned enough times to know that that one trade that goes against you is enough to bite. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been bitten big where it hurt my heart and I don't like that feeling. So (laughs) I I have my max that I'll lose. Okay. Uh, You touched on this topic, which is small account versus large account. From your Mm -hmm. experience, um, was it harder trading a smaller account or was it easier because there was less on the line? Honestly, I think it was so much harder to trade a small account. It's just like you only have so much room to work with, you know? Where it's like, like I said, if you have a five hundred thousand dollar account, you can risk two percent and still make a lot of money. You know, right. so it's like, just don't be greedy. You know, like, and that's a cool thing about trading is that it's a journey, and if you stick with it and you're good, then in 10, 15 years, like, who knows where you'll be at? But it's just grow with yourself in the trading journey. I say, you okay. Know? don't try don't try to speed up the process being real with yourself man like that's the biggest thing is like learn about yourself and like learn about your downfalls that you have because we all have them and once you can accept the fact that like dude i'm a human and i make mistakes and i'm not perfect uh and you try to improve on that 
that's where I really started maturing on everything. Like when I was over leveraging, lost a ton of money. Like I didn't list, I didn't follow through my, with like not over leveraging, you know, I still over leveraged until it bit me again. I lost another like 18 grand or something like that. Uh, after that, like I took the time to really just like focus on, whoa, like, is this going to be something that is going to be sustainable long-term if you continue to over leverage like this or uh are you just gonna sit there like because i want to be in this long term i want to i want to be able to do this until i'm 50 years old and hopefully by then i won't have to look at a chart ever again you know and hopefully be before that i think it will be before that but just like, like be honest with yourself that's the biggest thing and and i think that a lot of people have so many different excuses like i grew up in a, in a crappy family you know or so, something like that like stop using those excuses we all had our shit we all had our issues and and you know maybe some people had it less hard than others but we all have them you know so just be real with yourself and you'll, you'll be good you know um talking about retirement i think a big conversation for traders is that like you kind of have to love the game you kind of have to love trading to succeed at it do you believe that someone has to love this game in order to be successful or can someone just pick up the mechanics and you know succeed at this so yes i do think because it gets like it gets boring sometimes you know especially during like the low months like it gets boring and i've actually i've taken off like three months at a time for like personal reasons not that i didn't still watch the charts but i definitely do but sometimes just like managing trades and managing all that is is super just like it's like stressful at times so you just kind of have to figure out what part you are at in your life if you're in a life like i think that the more structure you have outside of trading is it's going to bring that structure inside your trading so if i'm going through a time that it's like rough on on the outside like i'm not trying to place trades just because i can't manage all that at once you know so sure. i think that just make sure you're structured and like be where you want to be and then when you're trading it's going to reflect that much more. No, that's really awesome. That's really awesome to hear. I think the reason folks don't take trading breaks is they might feel like they're being unproductive. Uh -huh. I know, and I know we've had this conversation on the podcast. What do you think about this like productivity thing? You know, like people are like trying to like work for trading, even though trading is not really like work. Um, exactly. Can you speak on that? Yeah. So my outlook is, it's like, I was broke before trading broke as hell. So I've had, I don't have a bad relationship with money. Like I can be in any certain situation and put myself in the means that I'm at. For me, when I took the trading break, I think the month before I had like a $25,000 month. And I have that in my head that like, dude, I was working full time, sometimes 12, 16 hours a day to make like a thousand bucks a week, killing myself, you know, literally for me, it's like, I don't have ego involved. Like, dude, I don't need to be driving Ferraris around here. I just want my family to have a good life, you know? And, and like, do I want one? Absolutely. And I'll have one someday. But I have no ego involved if I have to take three months off to better myself or just put myself in the, the right place that I need to be to be consistent. And I think that that's the biggest thing is like that ego, dude, it kills a lot of people. And, and, and yeah, you may feel unproductive of not trading, but still, like I wasn't not looking at the charts. I was looking at the charts every day still, but I just wasn't bringing myself to the, the stress of actually placing the trades. And I think that's a big thing, you know, it's like some people have to go through that and go through those ups and downs of like figuring where you at in that time in your life. And 
if you're in a good time and you feel like, hey, I can take the stress of trading, then trade. But if you can't, if you got other stress going on, you're just not going to be as good as you could be. Do you think that that's why a lot of traders lose? Is because they don't take enough of a break. And so they're kind of just like, when they don't have like an outlet, they take it out on trading and they just boom and bust. A hundred percent. And the reason traders fail is they, they're taking every single trade. Every single trade that they see, like at least how I, what I notice and from the people that I've taught, it's like, was that a, a super solid trade setup? Not really. Like it could have gone either way where it's like, when I'm taking a trade, I'm taking the ones that I'm like, okay, this is most likely going to go my way. I feel confident in that trade. I feel good about placing that trade. I'm going to take that trade. Whereas most people are like, mm, their structure a little bit, you know, this is the the high. So let's sell it. Uh, like I, I've been those, preaching. Is, uh, sorry. Is that something that you could teach to a beginner? Like, Hey, you're going to want to take these low probability trades, but here's how you find a high probability trade. Is that something you can teach or is it like an experience thing? I guess I'm going to have to see. I guess <laughs> I'm going to have to see. I, 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 uh, Good point. I'll do a video on it. I'll do a video on it. Uh, I do preach that though. Like if you, if you, anyone's seen the, the videos I do, like I preach, like I'm only taking trades. If there's four or five confluences within this trade, that's when I'm taking the trade. You know, if it makes sense, then I'm taking it. And a lot of people are taking trades off of like literally like one comp where it's like, well, you know, I see why it didn't work out. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah. So I think that, yeah, I think that it is something that I could teach, but it also depends on the person that you're teaching. You know, like okay. if somebody's just not going to be teachable, then that's on them. Look, if somebody's listening to this podcast and they're 30 minutes in, chances are they want better for themselves. And chances are they want that, you know, they want, so the people that are listening to this are probably going to gain, gain from it for sure. Do you have a specific thing that you journal? Like some folks, they try to journal only like the profit loss. Some people journal like the technical. So people journal the psychology of like when they're in the trade. Do you have a specific thing that you're looking to journal or is it uh, all of so it? So when I'm taking a trade, like what I'm journaling is the confluences. If there's the right confluences in this trade, then I'm marking them off and I'll take the trade. I don't have any emotion anymore towards my trading. Like I feel, like I said, like I don't have a bad relationship with money. I don't care, you know, as long as I have my bag and I can survive for the next three or four years without having to do anything, like I'm happy. And I realize that a lot of people can't do that, but that's a place that I put myself in with trading. So through six or seven years of kind of going. Exactly. For sure. And I spent so long, man, so many hours, 24 hours. Uh, not 24 hours, but like I was on a chart probably 16, 17 hours a day looking at the one minute chart. So like I said, I have all that different experience of looking at the, the patterns happen over and over again. So I don't know. I just, I just think that like experience is definitely that, that huge thing that plays a part. But if someone's watching this and they're about to get started on one of these challenges, they're about to take mm -hmm. the top tier funding challenge and they want to know uh, what kind of tips would you have for them before they started that challenge? What would kind of be like your coach in the locker room game, game day speech to those folks? <laughs> so what I would say is know what type of trades you want to take. Don't trade any other trades unless, because there is sometimes where like, well, I'll take trades where it's like, okay, it's a break of a structure. We have a trend line break, clear, move down. Like I'll take that trade, you know? Uh, and it's not really like a trade that's in my, in my book, but that's another thing that I think separates me is that I have my three trade setups and those are the only three trade setups that I trade. 
unless it's like so obvious I just have to take it and, and I don't think that people have like necessarily those trades or setups in their in their in their bag so one definitely just like know what types of trades you're looking to trade and then obviously I don't know I've never even done a challenge so <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um the best way i can describe it is if you've ever like uh traded live with your team or if you've ever done like a live challenge like a flip like from 500 to whatever or 5k to whatever it feels a lot uh -huh. like that oh okay 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 that makes um, sense. the parameters are very tight and so a lot of and folks that is one thing that i do like about uh prop rooms because when you're on your own you don't have those parameters right. so it kind of holds you accountable to following the parameters so i do like that and i think that helps a lot of people out if they're successful in prop trading. Probably not that many people are successful at prop trading, just like they're not at, at, at trading. But I do think that that will hold you more accountable than if you were trading your own money. So that is a, a plus to prop room. Okay. So really good advice. You said be very clear and have a clearly defined strategy of what you're looking for. So you're not confused every day. Like like blank slate every day. Oh, what am I looking for? What am I looking for exactly. in this market? What would be like a second big tip in terms of besides just like, okay, I know my strategy. I know I'm looking for third touch on the trend line, 61.8, third touch on the Bollinger Band and the RSI peaking out of its thing. What is like the second piece of advice I got to, that you would give me in terms of like risk management or psychology or holding the trade? Just stop trying to hit home runs. Just little base hits. Those go so far. Like I said, in the beginning, base hits is all I did $2,500 a day that's all I went for didn't need anything else like I don't need 20 30 grand a day I don't need to turn an account from 50 to 300k in a week that's just not how I live like I like base hits you know and and that's the thing and, and that's another reason why I say you know be careful who you're following at least in the beginning of your trading journey because there's a lot of people that just go for home runs and and those people and the type of people that can do that are the type of people that are making money on the side as well so like if they lose they're not gonna their bags they still got a bag you know somewhere else so just make sure like base hits consistency that's all you need and that's it's gonna awesome. help you it's going to help you way more in the long run. That's so awesome. Dude, I'm really trying to, I'm really trying to pick your brain about some like, you know, cause you, you have so much experience. And the thing is that you've traded so many different styles from the smaller time frame scalping to higher time frame, small money, big money. There's so many different ways we can go about this. So I'm trying to kind of stay consistent with the theme here, but there's a lot, there's a lot that we can talk about in terms of milestones for your trading. Um, was there anything that stood out to you as kind of like a big milestone for you? Was it a loss? Was it a win? What was it? So like that, that initial, that initial $40,000 loss was huge for me. And it was, it was like all ego because I knew that I wanted to buy this new BMW. Uh, so it was like, uh, it was like me trying to hit a home run so I could pay off that BMW and still have a over $100,000 trading account. Well, what did I do? I was thinking lost 40 grand. I had like 80 grand left in my account. And then spent, I think it was like 35 grand on this x5 and uh what did that do that totally shot down my confidence because then i only had like 45 grand left over which was like oh crap i can't i'm not making as much off of 45 grand as i was off 120 grand you know so it's like like protect your bag and like you don't need the that stuff yet it will come that type of stuff will come 100%, but focus on like, if I can take anything out of trading, when it's so much easier to trade a, a large account and continue just to grow that than it is to 
try to hit that home run on a small account right so like just grow that baby and then it, it's the, only you're, you're only gonna have to wait like an extra like six months to a year before you can take some money out and buy what you want you know right that that's amazing advice the one thing i have to give you a lot of respect for is you put a you put your my effects books out there so you let folks kind of study your you know the wins and the losses which i which i have for to commend sure. you for because not a lot of folks do that mm-hmm. i, I want to go into like the ego trading which is basically like what really made you feel like you couldn't wait longer? Because I feel like that's what a lot of folks struggle with, especially when they have their first little bit of success, right? My first couple uh, prop firm payouts, right? I kind of had them like, well, I could and I couldn't, whatever. So what do you recommend folks do at the beginning to keep themselves accountable? Are you a, okay, here's a good way to ask this. Are you like an account builder? You have one account and you try to be consistent for a long term, or do you do like these certain accounts, do it and then walk away? So I'm an account builder, 100%. I like, like, I like consistency. So when I'm like building an account or whatever, I have goals within myself of what I want to do to this account. Once I get it to like a X amount, that's my goal. So I take everything as a challenge, you know. Um, I challenge myself to, you know, see how well I can do on it. Like I, I, it, I. That's just what I do. Um, I don't. Like this year. So this year I'm waiting for uh, my trade copier to launch or whatever. And that's going to be my account. I haven't traded since mid-December. Actually, like the first week of December, looking at charts every day. But Is that a market cycle thing? Is that because like end of the year, beginning of the year, it's shaky or because of personal projects you have going? Yeah, just personal projects. And like I, I I made some good money last year. So it's like, I'm happy with that. Like... I, I think a lot of people are just always like feeling like they need to just be the best. And that's just not the case. Like you just like have to be happy with yourself. And once you're happy with yourself and not trying to impress anyone else, then like, you're going to be so much better off. And I think a lot of people in this God, industry, that's so, key. that's so key. Oh, so key, man. It's, it's like, as long as you're happy with your results and like the results that you're making are changing your life. And it's something that you're doing on your time and something you're passionate about. Um, versus trying to like outdo somebody else. We're like, well, that person made a hundred K today. So I have to, you know what I'm saying? Um, exactly. So I and I actually dealt with it. I dealt with it for a long time. Like there's a lot of people who've made over a hundred K in a day trading. Mm-hmm. Like that is a goal of mine. Like I want to do that. I haven't done that yet. Uh, that is a goal of mine, but like, I know that I'm not ready to do that yet. Like it's coming and it's going to happen, but I'm still not ready to make that final leap. Now I'm setting myself up right now to where it's going to happen. But it's like, again, just being honest with yourself. Like what happens if you don't make that hundred K in a day and it goes wrong, you know, because I'd have to over leverage to do that. When I get to the point where it's like, uh, okay, I don't lose, I don't care if I lose 40 grand, 50 grand to make this hundred K then, you know, I'll do it. Right. But, and, and that's just me being honest with myself. Uh, so I, I, I just really think that that plays just such a huge part in life, mm-hmm. you know? And back in the day when I bought that BMW, who was I trying to impress? My ex, you know? Like, she felt like she needed to be all bougie. I didn't really care. I was happy with my other BMW. I had, a like, a 2012 X-Series, you know? Paid, like, 10 grand for it. Right. It got me around, and it was better than my Honda I was driving before, so... I was happy with it. It was just me being insecure in myself and being in that journey to to 
try to impress her and it affected me it set me back so you feel like chasing those and this is like obviously you've touched on this a few times with the, the home run thing i know we coach traders at char addicts that's our mm -hmm. main thing is that we just work one-on-one -on -one with traders and the biggest thing that we see is folks are boom and busting which is that you win a bunch you win a bunch and then you're trying to do something that makes no sense for the the account or you're trying to prove uh -huh. something to yourself or whatever it is. And that ends up just getting in the way every time. So for, for yourself nowadays, what kind of, are there any like actual strategies that you use to keep yourself accountable? Like when it actually counts, when you're in front of the screen and nobody's watching and there's like you versus the markets, are there any types of tricks that you just get up off the screen, close it, delete the app, whatever? So here's what I do. I don't have my trading account logged into my phone because I'm a terrible phone trader. <laughs> terrible mm -hmm. phone trader okay. uh like i need to be and, and like i can still see the market i can still trade on my phone but it's like i don't know what it is but it, and, and here's what it is 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 that uh like i just do stupid shit like i'll be out and like see a trade but then i'll realize that like oh crap like this wasn't it and this is probably three or four years ago i haven't traded on my phone forever uh like i realized that that, that I can't see the chart as well on my phone. So I just don't log myself into my phone. And then that just forces me to have to go to my computer and be dialed in 100%. Nothing else is going on. I'm just focused right there in my little space. And that's another thing, like have your space be somewhere that you really like, because I think that that's like a big thing for me. Like every one of my offices I had, I set it up like so cool where I just felt like so comfortable in my space, good vibes, everything's good. I think that that's also like another thing that, that has helped me out personally. It's just like being your vibe, you know? So on that note, that's a perfect note to end it. Let's go ahead and kind of take it on a higher level. If there's one thing that you wish you would have known when you were struggling as a trader that would have taken you to the next level, what would it be? I know it's tough. That's a tough one. Honestly, I think it's risk management. Risk management. But then at the same time, like if I wouldn't, if I wouldn't have over leveraged in the beginning, I wouldn't have got lucky and got to where I was but now like looking back if I would have started off using you know trading journals and risk management I think it would have helped me learn even faster you know so that's where I'm at like I think risk management plays such a huge key in trading and of course like psycho, uh, psych psychology and all that like I've been through every emotion within trading but at the same time you know I've been through every emotion outside of trading. And I think that's another thing that has helped me be able to break past those barriers and like be strong enough to get through the low. So. My biggest takeaways from this podcast, put in the work, don't cheat yourself. It's going to take time. Journal and really make sure that you're learning from yourself. Have proper risk management. That over leveraging shit is cool until it's not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, to always be learning from yourself. So this was an awesome conversation, Derek. I really appreciate you stopping by the Expert Trader Podcast. It's great. Absolutely, to see you. brother. I appreciate it, my man.